Hi, it's Rola Ke. Hi, it's Sade. And welcome to the eighth and season finale um, episode of The Other Side of the Atlantic. Um, Shade, how's Woo-hoo. your week been? I had a really good week. Um, I hate the fact that my week is defined by work, but since all we have is work right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, work was, yeah, work was really relaxing. Um, so it was a relaxing week. Oh, okay. um, Again, I hate the fact. Yeah, I hate the fact that it's defined by work. That's what it is. You had a day had off, a right? Um, I was meant to, so I, I didn't take it off this week. Um, so I had to, so I took a day off um, a few weeks ago to pick up my mom from the airport. Um, but my mom is still stuck in Nigeria because the international airports haven't, um, oh, gosh, haven't opened. Yeah. So, yeah, so I ended up not taking the day off and instead um, we'll take it, uh, some time off next week. Okay. Um, but I do have a really funny story to share. So uh, as I was working t- this week, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, I hear like a knock on my door and I'm like, I wasn't expecting any deliveries or anything. I'm like, no one comes during the day, right? Because everyone's at work. And it ends up being these three girls um, canvassing for this international organization. <clears throat> Amnesty International, they're a very oh, I organization. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So they came and asked for donations. Um, but it was like they literally came with their iPads with like the page to sign up for like the credit ah, card information. Abba. And I'm like, I'm telling you. And the girl literally, <laughs> like the main girl literally went on for five minutes. I'm like, first of all, like, it's during the day and people are working. And two, like, you're lucky you're in Capitol Hill because you cannot do this in every single neighborhood in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone's going to be receptive. But it was just so funny because, like, they, were, they, they pressed so much on, like, me signing up. And then I said, I have to do some research. I, I know about the organization, but I didn't want to sign up. And they said, okay, we're going to come back this week. And I'm like, ah. We're going to come so back. Just, Serious. Come back. And it's like, I'm very funny about donating to international organizations. So I do um, donate to organizations that I know, like Wallachia's organization. Um, I've also donated to another organization that, that I know that provided um, food for Nigerians. Um, and then also I've done some personal outreach in DC myself um, yeah. during COVID. So I just I just prefer to like know where my money is going and know that it's making direct, a direct impact. Yeah. Um, so I'm very skeptical because most of these international organizations and I learned this um, during like the earthquake in Haiti, most of them, 80, 90% of their costs go to overheads. Yeah. So like you're, you're spending a dollar and 90 cents of that is going to pay their CEO and their CFO and pay for, pay for their building and very little of that money is going. So, you know, we could have a long people. debate about this because we could, we could, especially Amnesty. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily sign up. Yes. You need time. You need to decide how you're spending your money. But especially absolutely Amnesty. Yes, they have high overheads, but they need employees like any organization. And they need a they do. Their employees paid. So I, mean, I have a different view of it, but um, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. But you yeah, so I, I'm for. Anyway, you were cooking gourmet food for your <laughs> the homeless people. I was like, give me some of that food. I, <laughs> so so I, I so I do donate to like I prefer knowing exactly like where yeah. my money's going to. So that's why I kind of prefer smaller organizations because Wallake has a great organization whoop, and she whoop. doesn't need a CEO and a CFO, she does that all in herself. Yeah. Um and is thus able to provide more money. I know, to, then you know exactly um, where it's to benefit people. Yeah, it's a person. Absolutely. Yeah. 
it's a personal thing. But yeah, also don't don't knock on my door while I'm working. Speak to for five minutes and like literally have like the credit card page ready so you can like get money. I'm like, well, they they were young. They were like college students, and I'm like, and so presumptuous. So presumptuous, and I'm like, if you don't don't go in Southeast DC and do that, <laughs> <laughs> they kidnap they won't you. Be as nice as I exactly. Am. That's my fun story. Were they me. wearing masks? I was your regal. Okay, they were wearing masks. Okay. Yes, they were wearing masks. Yeah, <laughs> Mine was good. I didn't have any random knocks. I mean, I don't open the door. If I don't know, I don't open the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have anything like that. But I had a good week. It was um, busy to begin with with work. Um, and then Friday, yesterday, um, I had off. Um, so yeah, it was good. I just took it easy. I went for a nice walk. Um, I'm kind of, I'm getting a bit of cabin fever. I really like to be outdoors. Mm. I like to be at the beach. I like to be in the park. Yes. So tomorrow I'm going to go for a nice drive. I'm going to drive um, by the waterside in Lecky. And then uh, next, nice. next weekend I'm going to the beach because I'm getting a bit of cabin fever, to be honest. Um, yeah, you love the beach. <laughs> I love. I just need fresh air. I need sunshine. Yeah. I need vitamin D. Um, yeah. So uh, this week we are doing a topic that we've been talking about since we started the podcast, and we're really excited to do it. So it's called on dating in your thirties versus your twenties, um, and really mm. about how dating expectations change as uh, you grow older. Um, and today we have a guest, so um, we're going to introduce her to you later, um, but she's um, my cousin, she's called Shalewa, um, and yeah, so we're going to just speak about the good, the bad, um, and the ugly of uh, dating in your 30s versus your 20s. Yes, and before we get into the episode, we wanted to give a quick program update. So last week we spoke about um, Will and Jada and their entanglements and unconventional relationships. Um, and in the point where I was discussing uh, Will and Jada's family, I said that, that they were weird. And then I then said that, like, everyone in the house, you know, is rumored <laughs> to be bisexual or gay. And I did not mean um, that it was weird that they were gay or bisexual. That was just kind of, I switched topics and probably didn't um, switch them well. But what I really meant is that, like, I just always thought their the family was just weird. Um, I always thought the parenting style was just weird. And weird isn't the right question because it's just different. Um, they're Scientologists and they're very open and they, the way they raise their kids is different than, you know, the way I was raised and the way that I know how, you know, my friends were raised. And it's not weird. It's just different. So I didn't mean that they were weird because they were rumored to be bisexual or, you know, swingers or what have you. Everyone to each his own and it's 2020 and being gay is obviously not weird ever, especially in 2020. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, so yes, we're going to now get into our what time for this week. And we have a lot of interesting TV shows that we've been watching over the past um, week. So we're really excited to tell you about our TV shows and um, things that we've been doing and buying and grateful for in the last week. So let's get into that next. So welcome to our weekly what I'm segment uh, for this week's episode, where we tell you what we've been up to in the past week, what we've been watching, buying, reading and listening to. Um, so, Valake, what have you been watching this week? Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of TV um, and pretty good TV, too. So I wanted to share two shows today. One is Ozark. So I know I'm a bit late to the <laughs> game with Ozark. It's on Netflix mm-hmm. and it, um, it's about a husband and wife who, ooh, okay, 
I don't want to say too much because the first okay. episode in itself has a lot of suspense. I've but, seen um, it. <laughs> oh, you've seen it already? Okay. So yes, it's a lot I've of seen, after... yeah, yeah, I've seen, Door. I saw three or four episodes. I didn't really like the show. I know everyone loves it, uh, but I'm not the biggest yeah. fan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've only seen two episodes and mm-hmm. I am enjoying it. It's like it moves very fast and there's a lot of suspense. Um, yeah. So watch it if you want to watch something different, but you you definitely won't be bored. And the second show I've been watching is called Liar. And it's um, a British show and it's about um, a woman. She's a teacher. It starts in this really beautiful town by the seaside. I think it's set in Wales and it's like gorgeous, lovely scenery. Ozark also has great scenery, by the way. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Lia starts in this normal town. Um, uh, at this school, there's this teacher, and she has a flirtation with one of her students' dads, and mm-hmm. then he rapes her on the first date. Oh, my God. Or at least she said, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I've seen two episodes, and it's, it's brilliant. And I can't tell yet whether she's the liar or he's the liar. Um, but, I think, yeah. Is she, is she a police officer? No, she's okay. a teacher. Okay, never mind. Okay, you did say that. Sorry, I thought there's a, it's a very there's a similar uh, show that I saw on Hulu that's kind of like that. That was the same show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's watching. So what have you been watching? And what's the name of the show you're referring to? Okay, so I have two shows. Um, both are extremely excellent, and I'm so excited to talk about them. So the first one is called the, Gr- the Girls from Ipanema, and this show is like I only started watching it last week, but it is one of my favorite Netflix shows, if not my favorite. Um, it is, I, I literally, like there's two seasons and I've watched almost everything. I have a few more episodes left, but it's about 1950s, 1960s Brazil. Um, and it centers around this woman. Her name is Maria Maria Luisa, and they like to call her Mauyu. Um, and she's this rich woman from, she's rich um, white woman from, from Sao Paulo. And her and her husband, her father's very wealthy and her father lent her and her husband money to open up a restaurant in Rio, Rio de Janeiro. So um, she, the episode opens with her going to Rio de Janeiro and checking on the restaurant. Or her husband hasn't pick, been picking up the phone or something. And she found the husband lied about setting up the restaurant. He basically stole her father's money and absconded with another woman. Wow. Yes. So it's about her deciding to open a, open up not a restaurant but a music club and it's a the music I learned about this new genre of music it's called um what is it bossa bossa nova bossa nova it's bossa like, nova yes so it's it's like this jazz um this Brazilian jazz and oh my god the songs in the show um the, mm. first of all the show is so beautiful it's 1950s 60s so you see the design the dresses the outfits um the set design like everything is beautiful and one of the, my favorite parts is the contrast between uh, maria luisa who's this white woman from sao paulo very rich rich woman and the woman that she decides to open um the uh the music club with her her name is adelia and she's this black woman who's poor and from the slums of um of rio de janeiro so the contrast between their two lives how adelia is treated um as like a servant and a maid and you know maria luisa is really you know this great woman and some of her friends i one of her close friends comes into the restaurant or comes into the um, the bar before they open and she hands her coat to Adelia thinking she's a maid because she's black. 
Um, and wow. Yes. And so the contrast between their lives and it shows so much about Adelia's lives being poor and black in the slums. And I just love seeing black people um, outside of like the, the UK and America and seeing the experience of black people in the diaspora, especially back then. Um, so it is. So yeah, that's so interesting. It is. I, I cannot say enough good things about it. And I don't want to go too like, you know, too far, but. 100% recommend it. It is a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful TV series in the way it's shot and the design and the way people are dressed and the, you know, how they show people's lives. And as a Black woman, I think the the, the directors and the writers portray um, the Black woman's life beautifully. Um, and it is just, it's, it's great. Like 100% recommend it. It is on Netflix and it's called The Girls from Ipanema. And another show, I have another show. Yeah, I found another show yesterday, literally at like 10 p.m. And I started watching it and I binge watched almost every episode. It's called Indian Match. <laughs> it's called Indian Matchmaker or Indian Matchmaker. Yeah, I saw it too, but I didn't start watching it. Oh my God. So it is literally amazing. It's a reality show. Uh, and I'm not the biggest fan of dating shows, but I think I love this because of the cultural aspect. So it's about this woman who's based in India, who basically matchmakes or does matchmaking for Indian people like worldwide. So some of her clients are in, in, um, in India and some of her clients are in the US. And it's basically like, she takes this you know, page of info and it's called the bio data. And it shows like your age um, and your, um, your you know, job and your uh, like what Hindu, what, what um, sub you know, sects of Indian um, you're from. And it follows these people. So these people call her and she basically sets these people up. And there's one woman in particular, her name is Arparna and she's from Texas um, and she's Indian American. And, um, you know, she gone on a lot of dates. She's a lawyer and she's kind of like tough, very type A personality. And um, she's gone on these dates and the matchmaker has not been able to find anyone for her. So she basically takes her picture to a face reader. And the face reader okay. looks at her picture and literally describes her to a T without ever mentioning her. And it is so crazy. And she's taken a lot of people's pictures to face readers and astrologers. And when I tell you the way they describe these people that they have never met, so this woman is in America, um, Aparna, and the matchmaker and the face reader were in India and described this woman to a T. Um, and, wow. and like, do, they do astrological signs and they did astrological signs for this one couple that they matched. Um, and the astrological, astrological, whatever said that they, um, that they were, astro yes, I'm so <laughs> astrologist, yes, so that they weren't a good match. Um, and they ended up breaking up even before like the astrologist even, like, yes. so it is so good like absolutely recommended it's on netflix it's like eight episodes oh i literally watched i was up until three o'clock this morning well, like if you noticed i was like texting you at two o'clock oh because i was watching this tv show it's so good it's called indian matchmaking um and it's that's funny because um someone else told me about it literally also this morning that it was really good it's so good um and i just want to add one last thing they actually like when the person is matched their families are involved and they actually go on like family date so like I like oh, yeah so if I like if I got matched with someone um and the person's family lived in like let's say Texas me and my mom or me and my brother would go down to Texas and like meet the family um and, so yeah it is Indian like, people just know what they're doing they they've do. been doing it and they know what to look and they stay together and they I mean stay together. I don't know the the Indian people I know, they stay with each other. Their parents have been together. Like, they just know what they're doing. 
It is amazing. <laughs> and one, like, one, so I had two thoughts watching this. I'm like, one, can I apply even though I'm not Indian? And two, why don't we have this as Nigerian? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we? Literally, I remember speaking to this girl I met in um, when I was doing this course at Stanford. So she lives in California, Indian, married to an Indian guy. And she was shocked that we didn't have it. She was like, you don't have... You know, like the one in England, Shani.com. She was like, you don't have those. And she was so shocked. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's crazy. Someone yeah. someone just set it up. It was idea. Know, funny enough, <laughs> my, my friend and I were talking earlier this year about doing that. Because we went out to, like, we went out. Yeah. yeah. We, were ta- we went out to this, like, dud of an event. And we were thinking there was going to be all these, like, men there. And it just ended up being, like, old men. And we were like, we need to do, uh, like, a matchmaking service or something. Because there's so yes. many there's so many Nigerians in the DMV area and so many single ones. And I'm just like, we definitely need to do this. So, like, watching this has definitely given me, like, a lot of pointers in case I want to start that. Because, like, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we have this? <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, so what was the you said you saw on Hulu that's similar to the show I described. I just think, mentioned the name. I can't think of it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I can't think of it. But I actually oh. didn't, I didn't like it much anyway, so. <laughs> oh, okay. But if anyone's looking for Ozark, it's on Netflix. And Liar is on Apple TV or BBC. Um, yeah. So have you been listening to anything this week or reading anything this week while I've been? I've been listening. I've been going back in time and listening to Adikale Gold's old music. So it's funny that you sent me something different. Like, Mm -hmm. Shade literally sent that to me before the show. And I I also really like that song. But I did go back in time and listen to some classics, like um, Shade, one of his first songs. (laughs) I think it was his first big hit. And Oriente and Eerie. Um, I love that song. Me too. Um, Yeah, and Pick Up. So I was just like, yeah, some good old school Adikini Gold. Have you been reading or following anything? I have been following um the story about um Viola Davis so this amazing American actress um African-American actress who covered Vanity Fair um with this big beautiful afro um and um, yeah. It was, yeah it was a beautiful picture and it was actually shot by the first black photographer in Vanity Fair's 107 year history um so I'm just wow. shocked that it took 107 years um for a black photographer to shoot a cover for any magazine um but the, the guy it's is a, yeah. American magazine right for uh, American magazine um but yeah but it's, yeah. it's shocking um it, the, the man who yeah. shot the the man who shot the photo is 36 year old Dario Kamisi um, probably not pronouncing that right because I can't pronounce any names correctly but um, shout out to him <laughs> and, shout out, and shout out to Viola for the beautiful cover I love her um, so very happy to see that mm. yes. have you been grateful for anything in this past week yes yes I have so um, I've been grateful because it's been a slower week at work so slightly more same days um, I was also just reflecting, I was on my balcony today um, reading, um, and yeah, I was complaining earlier on in the episode that I, I want to go outdoors more, and I'm feeling a bit of cabin fever, but I'm just so grateful that at least the sun is out, and it's hot, and I'm not somewhere cold. Um, I'm also grateful for family in general, so it was my niece's birthday yesterday, and um, I got lots of cool photos, yeah, um, she's turned two. Um, and also, randomly on Wednesday, my aunt, uh, who lives around the corner, she's also my godmother, and she's my mom's sister. She just like rang me randomly, and she was like, "Hey, 
do you have dinner plans? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay, I just um, made this meal and I just thought of you, um, do you want to come pick it up? And she basically made like the most delicious meal, like um, this amazing salmon and broccoli quiche. And she's a oh, really wow. great cook, salad. And she then she had baked this chocolate cake. And yeah, it was like out of the blue, she just called me and I walked over and I picked it up and it was really yummy. So I'm grateful for family and um, random thoughtfulness of family. What about you? What are you grateful for? So I have been grateful for the peace of mind that um, that COVID has brought to me. So I know we talked mm. about some of the epiphanies um, that COVID has brought about. And one of the things that I've just, I've been so peaceful in these past few weeks and I kind of feel mm. guilty um, because I know COVID has brought a lot of destruction to a lot of people's lives and have changed our lives. Um, and the fact that we mm-hmm. can't go out and we can't be as physical as we um we are used to being um but I, I'm just mm-hmm. I've just been at the state of like continuous peace in the past few months like mm-hmm. just amen yeah just being able to you know I'm sorry yeah I said I feel the same yeah it's just like like um, apart from the initial creature like I think since about like May mid-May has been this calm I'm yeah grateful for too it's been Back really great. Yeah. No, it's been really yeah. great. And I'm just really happy with like who I've grown into um and like where I am in my life right now. And obviously like acknowledging that I have a lot of, yeah, acknowledging that I have a lot of points of growth, but I'm just really happy with the person um Aww. I am and happy with myself. Like, you know, in the reflection that I've been doing, I'm just generally just happy with myself and who I am. Um again, you know, acknowledging everyone has points of growth, myself included. Um, but just I'm so I'm just so at peace. So at peace. Um so, oh, yeah. And <laughs> you are you. Yeah. So great. Awesome. All right. So, so that's it for our what I'm this week. Um we're gonna move into the main topic in the next section. Welcome to our main topic this week. This week our main topic is on dating in your thirties versus your twenties. So, um, you know, this week we have a guest. We're really pleased. Um, Shalewa is joining us on the show this week. Um, uh, As a group, me, Shalewa Shade, we've been through many relationships. Um, You know, as a wider group of listeners that we know dialing in from people commenting on our social media. You know, some people are married with children. Other people are married without children. Some are separated. Some are not yet married. And... You know, in our early 30s, we've kind of woken up and realized that the dating game is different now. It's different to when you were in your early 20s and all wide-eyed. It's not necessarily bad or good. It's just different. So that's what we want to talk about today. Um, there's also been a lot of positivity in the news in the last few years. Megan and Harry getting married. Megan being 36 when she got married and Harry 34. And then, you know, statistics of marriage age changing in UK and US. Right now in the UK, it's 35 is the average marriage marriage age for the first time for women and 38 for men. And then we have, you know, various celebrities in addition to Meghan and Harry, like Gabriel Union, got married at 41, Elaine Waltroff, the ex-Teen Vogue editor who I love that we've spoken about in our first or second episode. She got married at 33. You know, we have like the J-Lo's who keep reinventing and keep evolving. So yeah, just engaged. Talk across- J- J- J-Lo's engaged at 50, so she's engaged hey, at, Lord. Yes, at 50. Yes, <laughs> I did not know that. Congratulations, J-Lo. Uh, so, yeah, so we're just going to talk about everything. Um, this is a topic we wanted to do for a long time. So we're very happy 
um, that Shaliwa is here to join us today. So the first uh, topic we want to talk about is how you actually meet people in your 30s against your 20s. Like, what's the difference? So, um, Shade, how has it been for you? So I think, um, <coughs> excuse me, I think uh, in my 20s, um, you met, like, people through your network. So I met uh, people, excuse me, through friends of friends or through college um, or through people that I just knew. So when I was in my 20s, um, <clears throat> dating apps weren't as popular as they are now so people didn't use yep. dating apps uh, so you just like met people in college or and I one of the things that I've always like kind of regretted regretted was that I didn't meet anyone in college that um me too that, that I stayed with because I know a few people who did um and especially at the college that I went to I'm just like my friend and I always talk saying that did we miss our window I feel that quite a lot. I have a couple of friends who married people, Nigerian friends who married people they met in university in the UK. And I'm always like, yeah, like that was a big window that I feel I really missed. Yeah, because, you know, you get someone at like their freshest and you get to grow with them um, and, you know, mature with them. Um, So like that's one of the things that I always like, did I not think enough about dating in college to, you know, find someone to settle down with? But, you know, God knows best. So um, it's probably also a uh, thing of focus because mm-hmm. um, I think for a lot of us, it's also your advice system. Like in my yep. case, what happened is when it came to dating and relationships, it wasn't something we really spoke about at home. And yeah. it wasn't something amongst my friends, like my immediate friends, it was more about, and even with my parents' expectations, it was more about career. So, yeah, um, my thinking, I wasn't really thinking about settling down. So anybody I dated was more, would be more about the short term or just having fun. I did have two proposals in my 20s. One when I was 23, one when Mm. I was 28. Oh, really? Yeah. And when I was, yeah. So when I was 23 and he proposed, (laughs) um, I, in fact, I ran away from the relationship because in my mind, I was thinking, but I haven't moved to my New York townhouse. I haven't built my career. Like, you your house in, your ha- in the Hamptons. <laughs> so I think many yeah. times, I mean, I'll come back to that again, but I wonder how it is with you guys. So, but then I did have friends who right from after uni, they were already setting out to marry. So they dated more intentionally and by the time we were in our mid-20s, they were married by 26. They already had their kids. So, but their wow. advice system was different. Their parents told them, you have to get married right after uni. I never had that kind of, mm. no one, you know, the two generations, three generations ahead of me, they, that was not the advice they would give us, you know? So I think it also comes from what school mm. of thought or, you know, your family background or the friendships that you keep that will put that into, you know, you would, in your 20s, it's something you could either think about or think it's absurd. So maybe, Rolake, the friends that you had in your 20s, maybe perhaps that's how their own parents or their own friends would advise. Yeah, that's definitely something I've reflected on, that, you know, my parents were not the traditional Nigerian parents. They were not, like, saying, you know, are you meeting people? First of all, I didn't even go to university where, um, there were Nigerians, not to say that I can only marry a Nigerian, but yeah. you know, I was not, it was just not on my mind. Whereas certainly yeah. I, I do know some people who they were advised by their parents that, you know, shine your eye as you're making friends, <laughs> see if they're good people. Mm. So definitely I agree with that. Yeah. 
And Shelly Howe so was funny, it in the States. Yeah. So uh, What's so funny is that our, you know, um, had a conversation earlier this week about like affection in the Nigerian home. And what's so funny is that our parents really didn't talk to us about relationships um, yet expect us to just somehow know <laughs> yes. that we're supposed to like get married. So it's like, you guys didn't like tell us any of this growing up, but yet I'm supposed to like know how to be a good partner and, you know, know what qualities to look for in a man when you guys didn't tell us. Shine your eye. What am I shining my eye on? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. Um, so it's really funny. So for me, um, there was really no pressure definitely from my parents. I might, my, you know, my mom had uh, my sister and I, or my sister first, um, in her early 20s. So my mom's thing was just like, live your life, like, you know, have fun, get an education. Um, I did date. So I actually had a long-term boyfriend in college, um, like for three years. Um, and you know, I thought I wanted to marry him in college, um, but I just didn't know any better. Right. So like, I was with him for a long time and I figured it'd be the natural step. Um, but thank God we didn't get married because my life would be completely different. Not that he's like a terrible person, um, but my life would be completely different. And like looking back at who he was and who I was, I don't think I would have grown into who I am now if I had kind of that, I will say baggage of someone like yeah. constantly there with me right. because yeah. I wouldn't have been able yeah. to grow. Um, but he, like, you know, he wasn't a terrible person. He was like, you know, great. And we got to mature and grow together. But yeah, I'm glad I didn't get married in my 20s. <laughs> so I think that's like uh, the pros and cons you both kind of presented. So I know that. So what Shale was saying about the differences growing up being focused on your career and maybe not being available or present to people that you're meeting. And, mm-hmm. you know, even like, so you were with this guy for three years. So you were present. And, you know, Shale, I said you had two proposals in your 20s. Um, and I feel like I was present, like in my twenties, I wanted to date. I wanted to meet the one like from day. De- I remember writing in school when I was age 15, that I'm going to get married at 26 oh, and I'm wow. going to have my first kids at 20. I wrote it down in school, mm-hmm. all of us girls, we agreed on the age. And then as time went on, we we're like, okay, no, no, no. We'll get married at like 27 or 28. <laughs> anyway, but like, so, <laughs> so there's like different things on is, are you available and seeing who's around? Do you have the advice system behind you that's telling you see who's here and then do you have the advice system of like Shade's mom who got had kids very young and was like okay actually focus on your career or even like in our family Shalewai was similar like focus on getting the best degree focus on your career yes um you know having moms that are very strong and independent um so it's, yeah it's, it's interesting yes but I always think like who wants to get married in like their 20s now that like you know thinking look at 31 like I you don't know yourself at like 21, 22. You don't, I don't, I mean, like I've had this conversation with a lot of people um, and I think sometimes it's nice to grow with someone, but like there's a lot of learning on how to be a good partner and how to know yourself that you don't really have at 20. Like looking back at myself at like 21, 22, I would have made a terrible wife um, because I didn't know how to compromise. I didn't have dating experience. I just dated one guy for a very long time, but I didn't have like a lot of life skills that would, um, that I have at 31 that would bode better for a like long-term and great relationship. Plus I want to like travel and like do fun stuff. Like I don't want to like be tied down to like someone. But you know, people are different. You could have met someone who wants to travel with you. True. And you know, while while I even agree with Shade, there's there's actually a point that I want to, that eventually I'll come to, um, which might probably just close out my own um, feelings (laughs) about this. But um, 
I did speak to, I've spoken to a few people who have said, I wish I just settled down when I was still wild, free and vulnerable rather than when mm. I started overthinking things, you know? So, I mean, like, and then there's a situation whereby when I hit my 30s, I, um, there's a book I read. I don't know if you've ever heard about the husband store and the wife store. No. no. Explain to us what okay, that book Okay, so the book kind of like put in fear in me. Be <laughs> 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 single forever. So. Oh, no. Another perspective, like you do not want the fear factor to drive you into these decisions either. But uh, again, I'll tell you about the husband store and wife store because it gives you also a perspective on how men and women think. So it's the store is kind of like set up like a pyramid. So the bottom, you know, is wide. I mean, there's a wide selection as, in, as, you, as you keep going up. Um, levels in the store it gets narrower so when you come into the wife store you see um welcome to the you know welcome to the so they say to this no so let's put it this way a woman goes to look for a husband so she walks into the husband store and on level one there's you know handsome he's ambitious he's fit he's um got great teeth um you know and she's excited <laughs> and she says Oh, but surely there must be more on the next floor. So this goes on. <laughs> she carries on onto the next floor. And again, you know, they even add something even special, you know, but at the same time, maybe a couple of things are dropped off. But it just seems. Does she get older as she goes up the oh, floor? Oh, she's getting older. Yes, she's getting, <laughs> she's getting older. So she goes on to level two, and the man is still good looking. Maybe he's slightly, just, you know, I mean, like maybe he's no longer wearing jeans. Now he wears chinos or something, you know, but he's still good looking. <laughs> he's, um, his career's kicked off. His hairline is receding. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, little, little beer belly. Being, <laughs> being a woman, you know, she's still curious and feels that she can just do that bit better until she gets onto the VIP floor. You know, they're like, you know, this mm. is not many people get to this stage, but you're here. So welcome to the husband store level 10. And so they open it up and there's no husbands. It's empty. Ah, it <laughs> is empty. So, <laughs> yeah. by the way, on the other side of the road is the wife's store. So the man walks in, sees, you know, attractive, big boobs, loves football, um, cooks. He marries her. That's it. So ah. it, 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 when I read that, it now kind of, then I, you know, because I was probably becoming that person. No, it could be better. But what if the, the, the grass is greener on the other side? And I'm in my, I'm 31 and I'm like, so the next proposal I got, it's almost like, yes, I'll take it, you know? And I did that and that didn't end up well either. So going back to mm. Shade's point, I think what's so important here, be it 20s or 30s, is that you know yourself, not necessarily that you know um, how to cook or any basic or you know how to be patient, but... I think in your 20s, you should spend time and those around you should also spend time in discovering yourself. I think once mm. you have come to know who you are, whether you get married at 23 or you get married at 38 or you get married at 45, you will do it in your own time and on your own turf, you know, and it would probably be more fulfilling and more reaching of the goal of whatever union you want to have with the man that you do because you have found self. So I won't put it to 20, I won't put it to 30. There are some people who even get more dates when they're 40s and married. So the dates are going to come. 
they are <laughs> they, they are going to come you're going to have to start even you know pushing you know you you will get to that point so it's not a case of as i get older i'm going to have less dates married women ugh, there's a bunch of it you know there will always be dates you know if that's what you're interested in but i think the most important thing is that you can find yourself if you've discovered yourself and you know who you are what you like understanding that things evolve things change becoming patient yes like shade said um then even if you did get married in your early 20s, you're not, you've done that on your own turf and in your own, you know, rather than because mom wants me to or because my friends got married or because I want to have a kid by 27 so that I can start wearing um, crop tops by 30. So it's, um, I think- well, it's much easier <laughs> to wear crop tops at 30 once you have your kids. That's one thing I used to say <laughs> at 20. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's, that's really my own thinking. I think if you know yourself, you won't, you won't, um, you, everything, 20s, 30s, the rest of your life would be much easier to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Me too. Yeah. All right. So the second question is, um, so what do you expect from relationships in your 30s versus 20s? And we've kind of touched on that. Um, so, you know, like in terms of like how casual or serious or, you know, what are you actually looking for? Um, so I'll jump in here first. So I kind of feel like for me, I feel like in my 20s and my 30s, I was always that person that was like, like my friends always remind me, like eh, we're like are you you just always wanted to meet someone i get married <laughs> so like are you like looking for a boyfriend are you looking for a husband like it feels like you always be looking for a husband and i'm like yeah like i've always said that because i think for me i was always looking for the one like really like you know my best friend who should stay you know my best friend and therefore i wanted to turn into a marriage um so mm-hmm. yeah so for me i don't feel it's that much but I think my approach to it definitely like in my 20s I was like a lot more um how do I put it like how do I put it I think I was more serious and I had like a more like a longer list I was more um strict with myself whereas now I'm a lot more interesting it's so funny because it's usually like different isn't it yes I for me in my 20s I didn't Sorry, I think I cut out. Go ahead, Shadi. You did, um, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so in my in my twenties, I didn't have a list. I like didn't care, like you know, if the person was good to their mom or if they, you know, liked eating, you know, healthy food or whatever. It was just like, oh, this person's handsome and he's funny and he makes me laugh. Like very surface level things. Now, like in my thirties, I listen to how you're speaking to your mom or how you speak about yeah, your parents. That's something that or you know to me. Absolutely, like how you talk about your exes. Yes, um, I just I talk about I, 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 like more, general. Yes, I'm more very much more observant about how you talk about your future. And like, while in my 20s, it was very superficial. Not that like I am going to date some ugly bumpkin in my 30s, <laughs> um, but that's like that's not like you know you being super like attractive and like you know tall and handsome is still important. But there's so much more important things um, about like interpersonal skills. Um, that I look for in my 30s now that I never looked for in my 20s at all. Yeah. What about you, Shalewa? Um, I feel like I didn't have enough fun in my 20s and I'm kind of doing that now, which is probably wrong. <laughs> Me too. That's what I'm saying. I feel like in my 20s, I was so strict and rigid. 
know. Yeah. I'm a bit conflicted, but um, at the same time, um, I'm more assertive. And like I mentioned before, I do know myself a lot more. So um, I, I'll be more intentional when I, di- when I date. But if I'm having fun, then, um, then that's, that's really, that's all it is. And I don't think too hard about it like I did when I was in my 20s. So if I'm dating exactly. someone and you don't call me, ah, and you do, if you do that now, that's your business. Exactly. <laughs> that's the same, same, same. I don't, I, I don't fight. Like I, one of the things that, you know, guys who I date always say is that I, I, I don't yell. I don't fight. I don't do anything. Mm. Like I literally, <laughs> like, cause I just, I don't have the energy and we're too grown. I fall back. Listen, yeah. you don't call me like you said you were supposed yeah. to be you were. If we don't, it's my, it's your business. Me, I just will fall back and start from zero. i want to share this book with you guys if i cut out let me know apologies for the poor internet today so my friends gave me this book no joke about five five years ago it's called okay um mr good enough mr good enough by laurie gottlieb and the friend who gave it to me Mm -hmm. it's another fair book the friend who gave it to me is married with two kids i'm very happily married the friend who gave it to her is still single and i'm still single (laughs) (laughs) But the book basically, let me read a quote. I Googled it. So it says, marriage isn't a passion fest. It's more like a partnership formed to run a very small, mundane, and often boring nonprofit relationship. And it's basically saying that you should just marry Mr. Good Enough. That like in your 20s, you're all like, hey, I have this list. He has to be this amazing. He has to be this, this, and that. Then basically like your old book too, Shalewa, that as you keep growing older, the choices narrow. And they are now looking yeah. at your married friends. They're like, hey, God, why did I like not just choose someone who was good enough? So it's basically like encouraging you to settle down earlier and that the older you are, and because men, as they get older, they will now go for younger women. So your pool of men will, um, will what's shrink. the word? Yeah, it will shrink. shrink. Um, yeah. yeah, there's another mm-hmm. quote. You, if you rarely see your husband, but he's a decent guy who takes out the trash and sets up the baby gear, and he provides a second income that allows you to spend time with your child instead of working 60 hours a week to support a family on your own, how much does it matter whether the guy you marry is the one? So she basically... Anyway. I don't like that at all. <laughs> like because, oh. because he has money, because he has money, I should just sit and cry and suffer. No. I, I, and I think it's like some, someone is marrying like, not that I, 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 I think that Mr. Perfect exists, but not every girl is marrying, you know, Mr. Good Enough because there's great enough guys that some girls are marrying, right? Of so course. it's not like every every guy is Mr. Good Enough. There's some really, we know them in our personal lives. You know, we know people who are married to them. And not that like we should, you know, I'm not going to say the word picky because I hate when guys say, when, when, when people call women picky, but there are great guys out there. What's wrong with us wanting to find those like great men, even if we're older, even if we're whatever. Like, yeah. I don't believe in settling, you know? Like, I agree. Never tell guys to settle, right? Yeah. I agree. I didn't like the book. At the time I liked the book um, and I followed it and it didn't work for me. Because it's all about yeah. don't be too big. But now I'm like, what kind of trash was that? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I said a lot of these books also stir up a fear factor where you feel mm-hmm. you have to either settle. And settling is not, I don't want to use settle, set the word settling as a bad thing. Um, because thank you. There, there are compromises you will make, you know. Um, oh, for sure. 
but not to just say yeah just go with the no you can enjoy it marriage is when when jada and will i know some people is a bit controversial said bad marriage for life and love i found that today <laughs> i find it so funny because it has brought humor to truth it's marriages are tough you know but if i can if we if we just decide to commit to each other, commit to this thing, which, you know, the institutionally where we're, we, we've decided to, to do together, then um, I'm going to have fun while doing it, you know? So the Mr. Good Enough, again, it just comes back to self. Like if you were, rather than being swayed by books and it's nice to listen to people, but again, when was that book written? I'm looking at the book here <laughs> called the complete book of rules. And Oh my God, it's, be a creature unlike any other. Don't talk to a man first. Don't stare at a man or talk to him. Don't meet <laughs> oh, him. Oh, yeah, this is like the wow. Don't call oh, him wow. and rarely return his calls. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. I, the same uh, friend gave me that with the rules. Oh, right. Is, is, are these books written by men? <laughs> are they women? No, because I always, I always like, so I always talk about how much I don't like Steve Harvey because I feel like he's always telling women how to behave. Yet this man is divorced like three, four times. Yeah. Um. I, so I, I always, yeah, I always find it funny how relationship books are one sometimes written by men and two always geared towards women. Where are the relationship books for guys? Exactly. Like where, where are the books telling guys how to behave and how to treat women and how to do this? Well, like it's because it's like our prize for women, right? It's not a prize for yeah. But us, you should be yeah. that you But men are expected. Like once men are married, they're looked at more responsible, and they're looked like. So it may not be a, a price for them, but there is an elevation that comes. No, no I would uh, through marriage for men. it's not a price for. Women yeah. yeah. that <laughs> die younger. There's statistics that show that women who are married with kids die younger, whereas men who are married um, live longer. So I'm not live, saying live longer. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. So I really agree with. You. <laughs> Um, and then just, if I can add one last point, I just, um, I lost my point. Never mind. Never mind. It'll come back to you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, no now, now I remember. Now I remember. Right. I think, the, <laughs> you know, the concept of settling, just with like all three of us, like we are upwardly mobile, financially stable women. And I think a lot of those things are geared towards women who like need to need men as a means of survival. And like in the 50s <laughs> and the 60s. No, it's true. Yeah. In the 50s, 70s and 80s. No, um, it, it's you know, women needed to get married because like we didn't have our careers and we needed to like you know stop living off of our fathers and start living off of our husbands. And it's like now that so that true. financial you know yeah now that that financial issue is no longer an issue. And it's like I have my own money and have my yeah. own house and yeah. have my own thing. So like I'm gonna be it's gonna be more like impressed upon for me to make sure that you're a good partner, not that you're just have money because I have my own money exactly exactly so women are asking more now now the women are working I just feel like this whole conversation yeah it's really about what you want and what makes you happy and when and life is like so much more than just okay me and my partner and marriage and like it's like what what actually makes you happy what do you want and when and this question of like dating when you should be married when you should have this it's, it's really, it comes back to you as do you want to follow the prescribed norms and rules and advice externally or what actually works for you? What makes you happy when, you know, and like I'm not married and I wish I was married earlier. And generally I still, I do wish I had met the one earlier and I was married and I would be living with the person that I consider, you know, my one for me. 
Um, but at the same time, I also see so much value in my journey and like so much joy in the journey I have and so many things I've been able to enjoy and I am still able to enjoy as a single person now that I wouldn't have otherwise. So I think there's a lot for everyone to think about of what is it that makes you happy? Is it an externally imposed role that you feel you must be going for this marriage at this age or whatever? Or what do you actually think will make you flourish the most and make you, you know, the fullest version of yourself? Um, yeah. So there's one last question, which is what are um, your non-negotiables in your 30s versus your 20s? So that's our last section um, for this topic this week. So I'll throw that to Shalewa first. Oh, wow. Haven't even thought about that. Non-negotiables. Um, the things which perhaps I accepted when I was in my 20s and might seem a bit hypocritical now, but um, fitness and health are very, very, they're two very important things to me. So, um habits bad habits the um, bad vices like um smoking cigarettes and, and because normally i'm usually i would like to i i kind of consider myself an open-minded person and um even i keep saying that you know when i am settling down um i will probably be that person that loves you know in spite of and loves you through everything but the things that will mm-hmm. not stand before we do um Things like bad habits, like smoking, um, smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, um, no, um, yep. no disciplines, like no, um, no real interest, no hobbies, um, which you can explore <laughs> no, yourself. <laughs> no, because I find that over here that makes you happy. In Ni- no, because Absolutely. I, I find that in Nigeria, like when people have no hobbies or nothing that actually drives their interest, they end up getting into it literally becomes a case of like the the idle man is a devil's workshop, you know. Um yeah. I would say fornication is the number one extracurricular in Nigeria. So um, <laughs> for single and married people. For single and married people. <laughs> If you don't have a hobby or there's nothing else that you like, and you don't have a mind of your own, I'm sorry, we can't. It's just fornication. That's the hobby. Because yeah. <laughs> you're not investing in, okay, like golf or, okay, golf is very dry. Or I don't know, surfing or chess or horse riding, whatever it is. People are not investing in hobbies, especially men. At least they women don't. will be like, okay, I'm going to the gym or, okay, men go to the gym. A woman will be like, okay, we're going yeah, to a but dance a lot class. Of men still go to the Stop gym me. for to fornicate, so it's you have to go to the gym because you want to go to the gym. Okay, no. they're finding they're finding gym. They're going to the gym to find people to fornicate with. <laughs> so my non-negotiable is basically lack of self uh, personal uh, personal hobby or um, any you know any other interest. If you don't have yes. it, that would be a problem for me because I know the kind of problems that come from that. Or you stay at home yeah. and play PlayStation all day. No, you have to have <laughs> something has to keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. So off Love the bat, that. that's what I that's what I'm well, that's what I can think of. Love that. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I don't know, Shadi, if you're ready, please go ahead of me because I'm still thinking. Uh, non negotiable. So, yeah, so 
Um, I, I don't have like a list of things. I kind of threw away my list of things I want in a man. I just know what I don't want. <laughs> um, <laughs> and definitely I I agree with Shalewa on like all of her points. Um, for me, um, healthy living is extremely important. So I try to eat re- really clean. Um, so I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables um, and I um, like, you know, try to work out consistently and just try to take care of my body. And um, this is really weird, but like I was watching something the other day and it was like Indian film. And one thing I noticed about like Indian films is that like the men are always there and in old age. And one of the things that I like thought about, like Nigerian men die early. A lot of them like end up dying early because of it. No, I'm not even, no, but like, God forbid, but like I just realized, like just looking at it, they, they tend we you know die end up dying earlier because we don't take of our care of ourselves and we don't have a fitness culture. Mm. How many you know of our uncles do we know that have like big bellies and you know diabetes? Because um, yeah, diabetes and, yeah. and we don't like we don't see value. We're eating a bar and rice, and I'm just like, uh-uh, uncle, please don't eat some kale and. Um, some you know lean meat. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. So like absolutely taking care because I I want my you know partner to be there, my husband to be there with me um, into old age. Mm-hmm. So absolutely important. And then also, um, so I am I'm not a type A person. I have a lot of type A qualities, and one of them is that I'm kind of a neat freak, um, and I'm also very like germ conscious. So when I like am dating someone, especially if I'm going to their house, and I like notice how they like, they take care of like you know if there's like a lot of dishes in their sink consistently or if like their bathroom is all messy like just because you're in your 30s and and single doesn't give you like permission to be a dirty man so (laughs) like but then would you have an issue with this if you're in nigeria with a housekeeper like how much does that really matter because should be your helpful just clean it up anyway if your house pop cleans it up, but I'm also in America and not, a, not no one has housekeepers in America. So that's so if you matter to you, yeah, if someone else could do it. Wouldn't thing. matter. No, if, if I mean, person. if you no, if you you know organize with your house up to clean it, but like just because you're single and in your 30s doesn't mean you can you know be messy. So really important. And then obviously like non negotiables is like don't talk down to me. Don't think you're smarter than me. I I met a lot of men who are like ah, they think they know more because like. I guess the women who they date aren't like smart, but like don't think that you automatically know more than me. Um, and not that it's an intellectual like you know debate, but like let me have my own ideas and listen to like how I feel about things, and not always like have the ruling opinion um, on topics. Like it's like it's a relationship and it's a shared partnership. So listen to my ideas, and I'll listen to your ideas as well. Although I'm waiting Love to hear that. what Rola Kef and I, I'm happy Shade said that because I'm waiting. You cut off a bit, Shalwa. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Can you repeat that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still interested in hearing what Rolake says here. It's probably what I have mine now. Sure. Please go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm stealing from both of you. But the first one is certainly I'm looking for an equal. Um, I really don't want anyone who is um, patronizing. And neither do I want anyone who wants me to mother them. Mm. Um, I um, hear Shade on the point of like respecting me and respecting my thoughts and I don't think that patronizing thing comes from men dating women who are in quotations not smart I think it's very much about some the way someone was brought up the way someone saw their mother or their sisters or what they were told about women so I really do watch we talked about it earlier I really do watch how they talk to their moms and their girlfriends and do they brag about house help accomplishments <laughs> Yeah, like, do they brag about what their mom has done 
or daily bragging about what their dad and their guy friends has done. Like that matters to me, how, how you think about women and therefore your own thoughts about me working, like you resent it or yeah. you admire want to encourage me and yeah. motivate me and help me to be better. So that's my first one. Um, I say my second one is, um, hmm, I really want someone who's just as engaged and involved with the family as me. Like I, I want someone who's like excited to have a family and is like willing to be a partner on that front. I'm not saying like, both of us been spent tons of time like just like looking after the family and that's all we do like you know we have the ability to have house help and you know family helping so let us use it because everybody wants to live their house their lives and do different things but mm-hmm. who's engaged and not just expecting me to do it all certainly not um I like to organize stuff so I, I can expect a lot of organization will fall to me but in terms of time commitment I want someone who's willing to put in some time as well um so yeah okay so giving those two so you've said family engagement and also an equal yeah someone who doesn't write okay and um i hear shade's point and then mine as well are we all assuming that these people have a financially um They have money because i'm just wondering whether we're assuming or it doesn't matter (laughs) no but what is but what is like what what is money, right? Is it like they, yeah, the money is money. They, money is money. Is no, thing. but I'm saying, is it like is it, okay? So like I've always said, I've always wanted to date someone who at least makes as much as I do. As um, as the, no, at the minimum, is like makes like, <laughs> as like you know, much as I do at the minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's so like I, I'm not looking for a millionaire because I'm certainly not a millionaire. But we need to be on the like. Minimum starting at out at the same, same level. level. I'm preferably at least on the No, no, no. If it was lower than that, is that or not? No, I mean, like, like if he's like half of mine, then I wouldn't say it's not negotiable because I'm not going to be like all about the money. But like, obviously, you know, you don't you don't pay rent with air. You don't you don't pay childcare with air. So, um, and there's going to be financial burdens that I'm going to have to you know take on if he's half of my salary. Um, but I'm not going to say if he makes maybe 10000 less, then I'm going to say absolutely no. There's, like, certain qualities. But there's a quality of life. I shouldn't have to get married and downgrade. Yeah. Like, there's a quality of life that I maintain myself. And at a minimum, if I marry someone, I I want at a minimum to, to maintain the same quality of life that I'm living. I mean, yes, I would love to, like, you know, fly, fly first class and whatever, but it's not, like, an absolute, like, we need to be on the same level at a minimum. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's okay. such a great question you asked, Shadowa, because that's clearly a non-negotiable for me too. And mm. it's not what mm. <laughs> I mean, Shadowa, what's your view? <laughs> um, before, I was a bit naive in that sense. So I, I was always a double-income kind of thinker or like, yeah. uh, um, like similar to what Shade has said. Um but that's all in the past now. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's really no romance with that. Honestly, life. I like, just, so yeah, I just want it it's... all. I want you to. Sorry, I'm lucky you cut out. <laughs> but, but um, can you repeat and that? I think that repeat that you cut out. Oh, I've cut out. Yes, can you repeat what you just said? Yeah, you're back. 
I miss what you said. Oh, I was saying that I want you to be an equal with me and to respect me in terms of my opinions and you know how we relate with one another. But when it comes to finances, the dream, the dream is still that you should be an equal. But let's be. But go on. But I think so. You know, being realistic, especially now during like I. So I, I've always been, I've always thought it was important to contribute to the household financially because in 2020 it's unrealistic to expect the man to carry the financial burden. Um, like, you know, not everyone's a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I never want to be like, you know, I always like, I always like with side, side eye girls who be like, I, I want the millionaire who has have a degree when they don't even have a high school degree. It's like, <laughs> it's like, or don't even make any money. So I think we have to be realistic. Like, you know, you know, millionaires are great, not because they're millionaires, but because of the lifestyle they provide. But, you know, the likelihood that I'm going to marry a millionaire mm-hmm. may not be high. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that as long as, like, again, I don't want to downgrade my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, at a minimum, you have to come, you know, come out, meet me at, at where I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, it's good to have shared the mixed views. Yeah. So um, we're going to do closing thoughts. Um, this has been really fun. So let's go around. So uh, Shalewa, you go ahead first. You keep putting me on the spot here, the show. I'm the guest. So yeah, you're the guest. Yeah. Use me as you will. Okay. Um, closing thought would be 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, <laughs> I think the most important thing is knowing yourself and... Um, and and just you know making decisions from a point of from that point of view rather than what the books write what your parents share what your friends share once you know yourself it makes things that bit easier that's it thank you thank you thank you agree thank you podcast. it thank was it was yeah. really it was a lot of fun actually i can oh, see how yeah, thanks for joining over one hour because anytime you say <laughs> like, one hour what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> i get it now your closing thoughts yeah so my closing thoughts are um you know don't settle like don't settle and don't think that you're picky um whatever your ideal is if it's a, if it's mr good enough and that's your ideal then you know go with that and don't think that you're picky um but also be realistic we are in you know 2020 and things aren't as they were 20 30 years ago um and really just think about ultimately what is important for you like take out the superficial facts of him being you know tall dark and handsome like you know we're in our 30s it's likely that we're going to date men who've been married before or who have kids or who've you know been divorced so be realistic but then also you know stick to what is important to you and um and don't ever compromise on that nice nice I still have a lot of questions. I'm finding it very hard to give a closing thought. So <laughs> we'll continue <laughs> offline. Um, so my closing thoughts of this session is if you're in your 20s, um, live a little, let your hair down and enjoy it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. I wish I had it. Um, so that's my closing thoughts. You still have time. Um, even if you're comparing yourself with other people, statistics have changed. You still have time to get married in your 30s and still have kids and it shall be well with you lots of um, development and science and you know having babies so don't stress really do make sure you're with someone you love we've all heard all the stories of marriages breaking up and horrible things going on in marriages that nobody talks about really talk about
about the good stuff. So live a little in your plenty and hope, hope and pray to meet the one who's right for you and don't settle. That's what I'm praying for. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank yeah, you for joining us, Shalewa. This was fun. Yes, thank you, Shalewa. This was really fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>